0: Countdown for box. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. I don't wanna go up, don't wanna go up.
1: Welcome to the Toys R Us Report, a weekly journey into the life of a guy who spends more time in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots.
0: Greetings Earth people, I'm from Jupiter, it's me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, I just sacrificed a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak And this week. This week, it's a bit different my dudes, check it out, we are not up on the Icy Robots Jupiter station, no indeed, we are down on Earth. I decided to take a few well-needed vacation days to come down, spend some time on the uh, Earth Station in the old control room here in the comm center, get things straight, and do one of my favorite things to do when i got time to do things, and that is to see some movies. This is going to be a super fun at-the-movie special. We saw a ton of fun stuff. We saw... uh. Hail Caesar, we saw, uh, dude, I don't even want to know, I don't even want to get into it right now, we just saw everything that we hadn't seen before, and we are going to talk all about it, as well as, I'm going to give you my Oscar picks, as if, as if you give a darn, alright, uh, Iceberg's not here, which is nice, nice to be away from that dude for a bit, he gets a bit grumpy on the, uh, on the sometimes, but, um, anyway, let's get moving on into the Shizou.
1: This is the Toys R Us report, and we'll make you famous, taking over the earth while still kicking in Uranus.
0: Something on the real tip has never more been said. We are in fact taking over the world while kicking in Uranus. Uh, As a frequent film goer, I was tickled pink, also as a member of the media, to receive an Oscar ballot this year. It's a first. The Toys R Us report has been given the honor of voting in... The Academy Awards, and uh, I thought, hey man, you know what would be a good segment? Why don't we give up the dirt before the show? Why don't we let everybody know what we voted for, when in fact, it all comes true 100%, we can feel as if we're like super space geniuses anyway. So I got my ballot here, and I know we're not supposed to do this, and I'll probably get booted out of the Academy, but I don't really care, because I... You know, I'm just doing like I do, keeping it real. But uh, this is my Oscar ballot. I got it right here. And I'm going to go over some of the top categories. I'm not going to name everybody listed. I'm just going to tell you who I think will win and also who I think should win if they differ. So uh, anyway, we got the best picture. Best picture, I'm thinking, you know, I feel as if the big short is going to take it this year. I just kind of feel it not so much as a long shot, but it might not be a front runner. But I do think that the big short is going to win the best picture Oscar but I think that Mad Max Fury Road should win. I think that uh, just the achievement of going out there and doing all these things they did, building the cars, flipping the cars, the, everything. It was just a very big production that came off perfect, and I feel as if it should be rewarded. But, you know, I, I think the big short's going to win. So then we go into a uh, director, and for director... For director, I am picking Alejandro G. Inuarito, I believe that's how you say his name, from The Revenant. That movie was ridiculous uh not as much as mad max which i do think should be the winner but i'm gonna go with the director of the revenant this year i think that uh i think that they want to reward it in some ways and that's how uh they're gonna give it to it um an actor in the leading role i am going to go and pick eddie redmayne for the danish girl i just uh I don't know it was excellent performance and I do I, I just feel it I feel as if that is going to be the winner um even though it could go fast bender in jobs or even potentially brian cranston in trombo but I'm going to go Redmayne on this one uh actor in a supporting role I'm going to go with uh Sylvester Stallone for Creed I think he's going to win I think he's got I'm not going to say it's a lock but I think he's got a really good chance to take this away um actress in a leading role I'm going to go Brie Larson in room uh just Great performance and she was just her and a boy the whole time and she really uh you feel it. It's a disturbing movie and you feel it. So I'm gonna go Brie Larson in a room. Um, see we got a couple more. We're gonna do two more. I got uh the original screenplay I think is going to go to straight out of Compton. There's all this controversy in the air, and I feel like this might be a way that some people voting wise can feel as if they're doing something to help. I do see straight out of Comptons winning it, but I do think ex Machina should win it. That was an excellent well-written movie, just really great sci-fi stuff from earlier in the year, and then the last one we'll talk about is, a uh, animated feature. For the animated feature, I'm, you know, inside out. I'm gonna go inside out from Pixar. There was not a better animated movie last year. That was the, uh, I See Robots top five number two for 2015, right behind Mad Max, so you know that I think highly of it, so I'm just... I don't know, Inside Out. Uh, let's take a look at some of these other ones. Oh, here, film editing. Star Wars got a nod, uh, along with Mad Max, The Revenant, Spotlight, The Big Short, and then Star Wars. Let's hope Star Wars gets a chance to take that away. Uh, they also got a sound editing award, along with Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant, and Sicario. All good movies. Uh, let's hope that Star Wars might have a chance in that one as well. Original score. This was a good one. Um, Star Wars, Sicario, The Hateful Eight, Carol, and Bridge of Spies. The Hateful Eight had a phenomenal score, I do not remember the name of the dude who put it together, but, uh, he's apparently legendary in that genre, and he really just, the, the, the score added to the tension, it was just excellent, excellent stuff, um, I'm not the biggest Oscar guy in the world, I watch them, I'm interested because I see all the movies, so I do want to, you know, I just want to see how it turns out, but I'm not the biggest Oscar guy in the world, so I don't know how on point I'm going to be with some of these, but, uh, I don't know, it's always fun, go, go somewhere, print out a ballot, pick some it's just it's more fun that way when you watch along so um when you watch along with the program at any rate that's what i think that's how i think it's going to go down let's start the uh let's move into the next segment of the show where we will begin the at the movies special
1: in a moment at the movies without ebert siskel or even that dude roper but you got icy robot so that's something right cohen brothers when the world's biggest star goes missing we have your movie star gather a hundred thousand dollars and await instructions only hollywood's biggest names can solve the mystery we need you all to look for them. josh brolin no. george Clooney, ray fines jonah hill scarlett johansson and channing tatum in the most epic comedy of the year
0: hail caesar
1: is it hard squeezing it like that
0: rated pg-13 Hail Caesar is the latest from the Coen brothers. It focuses on a character named Eddie Mannix, who is played by Josh Brolin. Uh, Brolin's character Mannix is a fixer for a movie studio, meaning he's kind of like the Mr. Wolf. He's the guy who goes in there and takes care of things when there's some kind of legal problem with the talent, or somebody's too drunk to make it to the shoot, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, The movie is set in the last days of the studio system, you know, like where they would make the movies in-house, you know, like in back lots, you know, that whole era of film. It's really one of interest to me. Uh, anyhow, there's not a lot of story to the story. It really just sort of follows Mannix around while he takes care of these various situations that keep popping up. The big one that's going on is that um, George Clooney's character, who's the leading role in a big Roman epic, gets kidnapped by some communist. And he has to, has to you know, secure the uh, ransom and take care of that whole thing. Then there is a uh, a lead actor in a serious drama falls out, and they need to find a replacement. They replace him with a Rootin' Tootin' Western actor who, um I don't, I'm not familiar with this guy's work, but he's very good as the Rootin' Tootin' cowboy dude, but they fit him into this uh, very serious period piece directed by Ray Fiennes, and, uh, well, all sorts of hijinks happen. Anyway, the movie gets going, and it's good. There's a lot of good scenes. I think that you will... Have a good time. It's not the Coen Brothers' most fantastic movie. It's not Raising Arizona. It's not No Country for Old Men or anything like that. But it is. It's good enough to watch. But um, one thing I thought that was interesting is the ending. And I don't want to give anything away, but the movie's going along, and then all of a sudden, it's just over. And you wonder you wonder what really happened, like what you were really watching as far as... It, I don't... It, I don't know how to explain this right. You're watching the movie and then all of a sudden it's just over. And you feel sort of, not unresolved, but you feel unsatisfied because it doesn't feel as if a lot of plot has taken place. Just a bunch of small situations. But the thing is, all the small situations are sort of interesting. So, overall, the movie is, you know, it's worth a watch. Especially if you're a Coen Brothers fan, you should just go out and see it. It There's enough in it to make it worth your while. So, uh... I don't know, I would give it maybe three mics on the uh, source meter, maybe like three and a half mics, not even three and a half, maybe like three and a quarter mics, something like that. Like, there's enough in it to, to give it merit and value, but it's not something that you need to rush out and go see right now. So, uh, oh, let's see what's next. Join nice us for
1: the fantastic adventures of Flash Gordon.
0: Having been taken prisoner by an ally of Min the Merciless, Flash escapes, only to face the Gauntlet of the Swamp.
1: Leave him! He's mine! I hunt him alone. But... Ah! Me- Is this the end? Will Flash
0: survive? Find out now at a theater near you. Music by Queen, rated PG. Yeah, my dudes, I got to see Flash Gordon at the movie theater, and it was fantastic. The way the, uh, the way the good lord intended. They have this deal here in my town called the Cult Film Series, wherein every other Thursday at 7 p.m., they play two cult movies for the low price of $10. It's a great deal. Uh, they showed, like, uh, a Big Lebowski with Raising Arizona, I think, um... They'll play, like, two Freddy Krueger movies in a row, or two uh, Friday the 13th movies in a row, something of that sort. They've also gone, like, and done John Hughes movies, and just all sorts of different kind of genre films that aren't in current rotation. It's a good deal. It's ten bucks, two movies. Uh, The dude who put it together for the movie theater, I believe his name is Neil, he comes out before the thing. He introduces it. He gives a breakdown of what you're going to see who stars in it, what it's all about, and, you know, he does some shouts out to people in the audience who are regulars, uh, calling people out by name, and uh, he encourages you to hoot and holler and have a good time. So, overall, you get a really, really good environment for, like, uh, a cult film uh, timeout. So, when I saw that they were going to air Flash Gordon, which is one of mine, and I'm sure it's one of yours, favorite movies of all the times i said this is it dude i wanted to share this movie with 2.0 for the longest time and i'm like there's no better way to do it than to get them locked down in the movie theater once you're in the theater there's not a lot you can do except for pay attention to the movie when you're at home you know you can giggle around with your phone you know stare at the walls you can do all sorts of things to distract yourself but when it's on a giant screen right in front of your grill you have very little choice to watch you can also try to fall asleep we've all been there, but, um, I'm thinking I want to share this movie with her. It's one of the first movies. It might actually be the first movie I recall ever seeing inside of a movie theater. We would go to a drive-in. We didn't have like a multiplex near where we lived, uh, back in the day. So we'd go to the drive-in all the time. And when they finally did open the multiplex, the first movie I remember seeing there is, um, Flash Gordon. So it has a special place in my heart and I'm sure it has a special place in yours just from being so fantastic. And when, uh, I saw the chance to see it get her locked in. I said, "This is it. We have to go." She's getting a bit older. We haven't gone to um the Cult film series before just cuz it's on a school night and it runs late, but she, you know, she's getting older now. She can stay out a bit later. So we're like Flash Gordon is the one. So we went um and man, uh seeing the movie up there on the big screen is really a great. Great experience. I think that that's how movies are intended to be. It's fun to have your home theater and your big screen TV, but um, there's something about the urgency of the movie and the fact that you can't pause it, you can't get up, it's just going to go, no matter what you do. There's something about that urgency that makes the experience um, just more real, more real. And uh, seeing this movie in that way was awesome. Uh, I had a couple thoughts, nothing nothing major. We've all seen this movie, we know how great it is. I just want to say... When you see it in the big detail, the costumes of this movie are just the best. All of the different variations of these red troopers that Ming has. Uh, There's some with, like, this anteater snout. They look great. I believe they're they're actually robots. There's uh, some of his troopers with these golden skull masks. Uh, They all just look so great. The costuming for this movie is just out of this world. Also, the models. The models of the different ships are just so neat. Just so neat. I love... um, I, you know, I like CGI as much as anybody, but I really prefer models and practical effects and just the way they put some of these ships out there. Just, uh, just dynamite. Just an excellent, excellent fun movie. I did have a couple thoughts about the, uh, about the world of Mongo. When Flash Gordon gets there, you know, he's talking to, I believe he's talking to, uh, Prince Baron. It might be Prince Baron. I haven't, I, I can't recall right now. And he's like, why don't you guys team up against Ming? And dude's like, What does that mean, team up? What is that? Like, he had never heard of that before. So I started thinking, do you think on Mongo, you know, they they say that uh, Ming has been in control for thousands of years. So do you think that the culture has um, evolved in a way where hope and goodness and teamwork and all these things, like these philosophies, because that's what they are. They are philosophies. Uh, Teamwork isn't something naturally ingrained you know we're taught these things we're taught that this is how we should be that we should work together do you think that like on mongo these things don't even exist like ming was smart enough and ruthless enough that he's just i'm not even going to introduce the idea of hope to you i don't want you to hope i don't want anything out of you except for just reliance on ming belief in ming all hail ming that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking it probably came down to be something of that sort so i don't know Just something to chew on as far as a Mongolian philosophy, if you happen to be interested in that sort of thing. When, um, while we're watching the movie, 2.0 laughed so many times. Like, she laughed at, um, just how earnest everybody was. Like, how straightforward Flash was when he would say things. He's just, you know, Flash Gordon, New York Jets. He's just right out there. He, you know, Flash has nothing to hide. There's nothing, um inside of flash except for courage he's just a man with a man's courage there's nothing inside of him except for you know good feelings courage and you know also a bit of a bit of libido i think that another thing she found humorous was the uh just kind of the sexuality of the 80s you know just just the fact that like dale arden and flash just met each other and they are in love they are immediately in love she thought that that was uh just hilarious that they were getting married that quickly um what else oh you know, there's those lizard people, uh, there's just, like, a green lizard head with the eyes in them. She thought they were hilarious. Every time they would pop on the screen, she would just, uh, she, she would laugh. She would laugh hysterically. It just, these guys, these, with their, with their silly eyes, uh, I asked her what she thought of the movie when it was over, and she told me that she liked it, and she thought it was fun, but it was hard for her to take something seriously that looked like it looked. Now, to me, I, I see these models, I think they look awesome, but, uh, to her, they look phony and they look silly. So that's, you know, I don't know. That's a different in the eras. He's like, you know, my era, dude, it's all CGI. Everything looks great. Everything looks real as real can be. And I can tell that, that, that that's a model. Oh, here's another thing I was thinking. Um, Imagine you're Han Zarkov and you know that Ming is up there. You know he's up there and that he's attacking the earth. So you decide, I'm going to take this rocket. I got my Snub Nose 38 in my pocket of my, uh, my members only jacket. And I'm going to go up there. Ba-boom. I'm going to get close to Ming. I'm going to pop him. I'm going to pop him right in the head. I'm going to save the Earth. Me, Han Zarkov is going to be the hero. Now, you can't get your assistant to go with you in the rocket. And uh, eventually Flash and Dale show up. And he decides he doesn't want Flash to come. He's like, he does not want this guy. I don't know if he recognizes him as Flash Gordon from the New York Jets. But he does see that this guy is a jock of some sort, obviously. So he's like, I don't want you to come. He picks Dale to come. He's like, he needed somebody to push the pedal down. So the ship could take off or whatever. And he's like, I want you to come, Dale. Not you, Flash. Even though Flash would be the obvious choice. Because you don't know what you're getting into up there. And dude is big and obviously pretty physical. So he, I would want him to have my back. But no, Han Zarkov wants to be the hero. He wants to do this. He wants Dale to go with him. I'm thinking like, imagine you're Han Zarkov. And this is now in reality. And you're getting ready. You're going to go save the earth. You got your gun. You got your windbreaker jacket. You're going up there on the rocket to save the earth. Who shows up but, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady shows up and he, he, you know, you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe it. These jocks are always up in my business. I'm the scientist. I'm the hero. I discovered this. Why is this jock up here? Why does he want to come and ruin my fun like jocks have done my whole life? I don't know. Just something to think about. Uh, I'm going to give Flash Gordon 550 mics on the source meter because it is nay, nay it is. I was going to say, maybe it is, but no, it is. Maybe the greatest movie of all the times. So, uh, I saw another movie, uh, a couple days after that. And it was also another movie that I had seen before. So let's, let's talk a bit more about that. I know
1: all about waiting. See my family.
0: Dear child, the
1: belonging you seek is not behind you. It is ahead.
0: Are sure you're up for this? Follow me. Star Wars, The Force Awakens. The old lady and I'll do this sometimes. We'll just be like, let's roll to the movies and we'll just see whatever uh, is starting soonest to now. So we get there and there's a couple movies starting at 1230. We got two movies. One of them is Star Wars which we have seen before, and we thought was awesome. The other one we had not seen before, uh, it was a, a small movie called Dirty Grandpa, starring Robert De Niro and Zac Efron, and in a surprising twist, they have that girl who played April, I think her, gosh, I forget her name right now, the girl who was April on Parks and Rec, the moody, the moody goth one, is the, uh, the hot chick in the movie, so that's a, that's a, a bit interesting, something I hadn't seen coming, and I wouldn't mind seeing, but, uh, When it came down to it, we decided that the best thing to do would be to see Star Wars again, because, I don't know, just the fact of going up there and saying, uh, two for Dirty Grandpa, please, is just, I don't know, something a bit goofy and unseemly about that. So we went in to see Star Wars, and I do have some thoughts. I got some additional thoughts about the movie, having seen it the second time through. And this time, I'm gonna go spoiler-free. I'm just, I'm just, did I say spoiler-free? I meant spoilerific. I'm just gonna say what I thought about everything, and if you haven't seen it yet, you probably should have, so, that's all on you, uh, if you don't want to know, jump ahead, I don't know, seven, five to seven minutes into the future, and you can just skip past that altogether, so, um, none of this is gonna be things I haven't said before, and I wanna say it again, in seeing the movie a second time, Daisy Ridley as Rey is a miracle, she's an absolute miracle, the fact that they found this person who's never so much as made a movie before, and she just, uh, she does such an awesome job. She's just such a fantastic little baby face. Um, it's just a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Uh, she's such a great character, and th- th- there's been talk of whether Ray uh, is a Mary Sue. You know, whether she's just like you know, perfect character. And I, I, I had some thoughts on that. Um, Ray is very competent. She can do just. It seems like everything they come across, she can do. And the reason it, I think it makes sense is because. She's a scavenger, living on this scavenger planet all by herself since she was a child. And she wouldn't have made it to be an adult if she didn't, you know, learn how to survive. And I think a lot of these things she does are just because uh, she wouldn't be here if she didn't figure out how to do these things. I don't think that they're writing her to be, like, a a perfect character. I think they're writing a realistic version of somebody who... uh, you know, as a, you know, a small, like a small little slight female would have been able to survive so long in this hazardous situation around all these people, they, you know, they're going to pick up some tricks. I think that she is not an altogether unrealistic character. Uh, second thing, the scene where it's her and it's Kylo Ren and they're lightsaber fighting, you know, when she closes her eyes and, you know, when Kylo Ren's like, I can tell you have the force, I can tell you have it, but you just, you know, you need somebody to teach you. I can help you with that. I can, uh, Send you to Grand Emperor Snope or whatever that guy's name was. I can send you to him, and he can train you, or whatever he says. And she, you know, she realizes, uh, I forgot. I have the Force. So she closes her eyes, and she focuses in, and she comes back. Opens him up, and, you know, she goes at Kylo Ren, they're fighting. And it's, you know, brutal battle in the, uh, in the woods. When she knocks him down, she has him down in the robe. She's cut his face. She's cut his body. She's got him. The fight is won. And then, uh, you know, the planet is falling apart and a fissure comes between them, separating them. Was she going to kill Kylo Ren when she had the chance? Was she going to lightsaber him right in the chest? I kind of think that she wasn't. I think she should have. But I think that she wouldn't have done it. I don't know why. I just, uh, her character has like a goodness about her. She's a good person. And even though he did kill Han Solo, and she might kill him. She might do it. I don't know for certain. I just don't think that she would have done it. Mostly, I don't think she would have done it because it's a movie. I think that if it was real life, she might have stuck him through. Do you think that Rey's ever killed anyone before? Do you think that in all of her time... Well, you know, she's killed stormtroopers and stuff. But do you think up until that point on Jakku, she'd ever had to take a body? Because that's a harsh, harsh existence. I mean, she's going day by day just, you know, selling... uh, condensers and circuit boards for portions of like some kind of yucky green bread uh so it's possible that over the course of her life she may have had to kill somebody to survive so I don't know maybe uh maybe it's possible she would have stuck it the Kylo Ren it isn't like he didn't deserve it he did go and kill somebody that she uh viewed as a father figure we saw that when Kylo Ren was reaching into her mind we saw that uh She had recognized, you know, Han Solo as somebody who could guide her. And, you know, Kylo Ren's like, don't worry, sweetie. He would have just disappointed you anyway. Dude's a total jerk. He's a terrible dad. He's the worst. Uh, Imagine being Kylo Ren, too. I feel like he, um, you know, his parents are Han Solo and Princess Leia. And these are two people who are just really excellent in their field. And he's probably like, I don't know how I could possibly live up to what they expect out of me being the... Being from the lineage of these two great heroes, I think the only way that I can find myself is if I skip a generation and go back to my grandfather. Maybe by this point, you know, his memories waned a bit so I can excel in that area and people will see it as something of mine. Maybe I can go and I can become the new Darth Vader. I can see that happening. I think that things happen like this all the time. You know, people really, uh, you turn against your parents at a certain point. You know, you're just like... I don't want to be like you, Mom and Dad. I want to do my own thing. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you and do my own thing. And I don't know. You know, Kylo Ren took it really far. He took it to the point where he killed his own father. What a creep. Anyway, dude, Star Wars was fantastic the second time through. If you haven't seen it twice, go ahead. Go see it again. You'll see some new things. Um, There'll be some different things for you to ruminate on. The movie is just, it's really good. I was um just so satisfied with it as a Star Wars movie. I realized that it's... A rehash of the first one, but um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there uh, there's this song called "The Brooklyn Bounce" by uh, Daddy O from Stetsasonic, and he goes, "If it sounds like something you've heard before, that's all the more reason to get on the dance floor." You know, if it's familiar. If you've done it before, it's just easier to do it again. So why not, why not give it a shot? Star Wars rehash, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give it four thumbs up this time, four mics rather. What did I even give it before? I probably gave it four mics already. So anyway, four mics on the uh, good old source meter. Now we're gonna move into the final segment of the show, known as the Toys R Us Report. (laughs)
1: Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment your weekly toy shop update The Toys R Us Report.
0: All right, my dudes. We are back for the final segment of the show, known as the Toys R Us Report. This is where we talk about stuff related to toys or just anything. I don't even know. The whole show has become just whatever I feel like talking about. But um, I got a message uh, this week on Facebook from good friend of the show, Don Walton Jr. Big up DWJ. He sent me some uh cool pics from Super Seven. It looks like from their Twitter account. Of some, uh, Masters of the Universe toys they're making. They got, like, I think the Super 7's the company that came up with the idea of Reaction. So they got, like, Masters of the Universe Reaction-style figures. They're great. You got He-Man, Skeletor, Merman, and Beast Man. The four dudes you would expect. The card art is great. Hop on over to icyrobots.com to check those out. They're also, um, they're combining Masters, Masters of the Universe and Muscle. You know Muscle, those, uh, small pink dudes used to play with back in the, uh, Back in the olden times, um, they got like a four pack. I think it's four or three in each pack. And it's really reminiscent of the old muscle cards. It's blue. You can see this over on icyrobots.com. It's really great. Uh, he also sent me a picture. They're going to redo the garbage can. Do you remember the garbage can that muscles came in? They're going to take these masters of the universe muscles. And they're going to stuff them in a the garbage can like... Uh, The old pink muscles. This is some great stuff. I appreciate you sending this to us, uh, DWJ. And if you want to send me stuff, you want to talk about toys, you can do it on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. Or over on our Twitter account. That's at IC Robots and that's I-S-E-E Robots. Like I'm looking at them, uh, I appreciate emails. Iceberg13, all one word, at gmail.com. I've been, uh, reading them on the show and I need, need a couple more. I got a couple goodies that I'm saving up. Gonna read in a few weeks or maybe even next week. I don't know, but, uh. I could use some more. If you got any questions for me or Iceberg Thirteen, just just ask away. Ask away. I mean, I got a nothing but time. Anyway, um, I was at the flea market last week. And flea market season's kind of starting up here. It's uh kind of tapered off a bit. It's been raining, but it's starting up again. Starting to ramp up. We got the two two going each week. So we're over at the Mojo Sales. I'm going around. I'm looking at stuff. I I don't know. It's a lot of stuff I've seen before. But um, there's these two dudes and uh, they have a camper. And a tent, and they sell sci-fi stuff. I've bought a lot of stuff from these dudes in the past: Starlog magazines, comic books, stuff like that. These are the dudes. I got the Warriors movie poster from the other week, but I'm looking at I'm looking at some other posters he brought out. And right on the top, and you can see this on icrobots.com as well. There's a a poster of the lovely Bridget Bardot on top of a yellow Harley. She's wearing like these short black uh, shorts and some boots, and she just looks. So high, you can see the big gap in her teeth. I think that, I think when girls got a gap right in the middle. But, um, I'm looking at the poster and I'm just, you know, kind of checking it out. I didn't want to ask how much it cost because I don't even know if I really want it. But then, uh, the, uh, the old wife rolls up and she sees me looking at the poster. She starts looking at it too. And she's like, that's really cool. That's a really cool image. You know, she's just totally sixties. The bike is sixties. It's just great stuff. And the guy comes up, he's like, you can have it for five bucks. And she goes, sold. And, you know, we rolled it up, took it. So we're going to get a frame. From ikea and i think we're gonna hang it up in the bedroom it's kind of cool uh it's not racy it's sexy though and that's cool that uh she's down for hanging something like that up so if you want to see that hop on over to uh icrobots.com and you can peep bridget Bardot. I, I i checked it out i did not know. i was not aware bridget Bardot is still with us she's here and alive on planet earth she's 81 lives in france she's an animal activist so that's awesome Here's something else I was thinking about. We went to see Flash Gordon and you know Ming the Merciless is all over the movie and dude uh, appears to be 150 years old already played by Max von Sydow. And then the very next day I went to see Star Wars again and right there in the beginning of the movie it's Max von Sydow and he he appears much younger than he was when he was uh Ming the Merciless. I don't even I do not even know. I don't know how that works. Dude is really onto something. If he he might he might personally know where the uh, fountain of youth is. That's just so weird. He was in the same movie, like, 30 years apart, and he appears to be 30 years younger. Good for you, Max Fonsito. Good for you. Oh, 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 oh. I've been meaning, uh... I don't know if I've even talked about this before, but I wanted to. They got this new treat at the flea market over in Sebastopol. Uh, it's a brilliant idea. What they It's it's corn in a cup, but it's it's better than that. They take, um three things of corn, three cobs of corn, shave it all off, (laughs) put it in a cup, then mix it with mayonnaise, some chili powder, and, uh, some other stuff, some other kind of seasonings. I don't know what it is, but, um, it's the greatest thing in the world. Every time we go out to, uh, Migley's Flea Market, I get one of these corn cups. I think it's like $2.50. It's just so great. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm thinking about it right now. My mouth, my mouth is starting to water, thinking of the sweet mayonnaise and the corn together. Uh, If you've never had corn with mayonnaise, I recommend it. I recommend it as high as I recommend um, just about anything. It's a delicious combination now. It's not good for you in any way, but neither is corn with butter. So just, you know, give it a shot, my dude. Give it a shot. Try something different. Live in a new way. So, I don't know, man. What else is going on? What else is going on? Not all that much. I mean, Toy Fair is going on. All kinds of cool Marvel Legends. All kinds of new stuff. But I'm sure you, um, I don't know, you turn to Action Figure Blues for that kind of news. You turn to me for, I don't even know. I don't even know what you turned to me for. I don't know why anyone in the world would turn to me for any sort of reporting. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This is something that's brewing around the hometown. There's a, a bit of controversy. Um, there is going to be another comic convention in town. It's going to be called the Wine Country Comic Con. And it's going to be going up against the Santa Rosa Toy-Con. And right from the start, it was controversy. Uh, The one dude from the Wine Country Con started posting about how he was going to do a show. And then the fellow from the Toy-Con started posting all over Facebook and all over the place that... The dude's a phony. There's not going to be a show. It's a rip-off. Don't even get a table. If you try to order a table or buy a ticket, he's going to keep your money. Because there will be no show. But then... Dude comes back and he defends himself and he talks about how he has history in town and all sorts of different things and that there will definitely be a show. And he's like, not only that, I've booked some guests. I've booked a Power Ranger reunion. I think I may have talked about this before, but um, I was over at the comic shop and I, I asked one of the dudes who works there. I said, hey, man, how do you feel about this new comic show? Are you going to go check it out? Are you guys going to get a booth? And he's like, absolutely not. The guy was in here. Asking us all kinds of stuff, asking us if we wanted to get a booth, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, I noticed when I was talking to him, he started talking about Star Wars, and he, uh, he said, My favorite Star Wars is Return of the Jedi. He said, Jedi. And, dude's like, first of all, whose favorite Star Wars is Return of the Jedi? And who, uh, who thinks that Jedi are called Jedi? So he's like, I don't know, man, I just don't even know about this guy. So, weird stuff going on, I'm still, I don't know, man, I'm looking forward to it, I figure more, more cons in town, the better, right, I mean, it's more things to do, more, uh, more opportunities to get out of the house and do some comic-related fun, so I don't even see what the point of hating, maybe the dude just had an accent, (laughs) maybe, uh, maybe he's from some other place, and from where he's from, they say Jetty, I don't know, who knows, who even cares, uh, Anyway, though, the dude has offered your boy, Icy robots here a press pass to the show. I don't know how he heard about me. I don't know how he knows about the Toys R Us but he's been in contact. So, if the show goes down, we might get some good behind-the-scene coverage of the Power Rangers reunion. So, I don't know, man. I'm going to call it a day. This is about all I can think of to talk about at this point. Uh, So, this has been episode number 69. It's an At The Movie special. This is me, IC Robots, signing off for no one, cause I am here all by my lonesome. And uh, if you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on the IC Robots Communication Center on the planet Earth. This has been an IC Robots radio production.